This is UW Extension's Farm Management AgriVision Podcast. I am Katie Wontok, Agriculture Agent with UW-Madison Division of Extension. I will be chatting with fellow Extension educators as we answer questions from farmers and share our knowledge and expertise on how you can improve your farm management skills. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Sterry, Professor and Agriculture Agent with Extension in St. Croix County. Welcome, Ryan, to the podcast. Thank you, Katie. Ryan, a farmer and his 32-year-old son farm 1,500 acres west of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They own 700 acres and rent the other 800 acres within 10 miles of their farm. Their total debt is 450000 Half of this debt is on equipment, and the other half is a mortgage on some land they bought two years ago. Last week, the farmer was talking to his 68-year-old brother-in-law, and due to health reasons, he has decided to retire and sell his equipment next spring and rent his 300-acre farm. He asked this farmer if he and his son would be interested in renting it. He said they could rent it for 150 per acre, which is less than he could probably rent from other farmers. But he says he knows they would take care of his land. His farm is 12 miles from their main farm, but it is good land. Ryan, do you think this is a good idea? What should this farmer and his son consider when renting land from family members? Good question, Katie. I think before we get too far into this one, it's worth mentioning that this family should consider the time required to pick up additional acres and if the added acres are compatible with their current line of equipment. Likewise, adding a few more acres can be a positive in some circumstances by helping spread out fixed expenses across their cropping enterprise. Yeah, definitely pros and, and cons, certainly in, in this situation, but labor too, Ryan, they should also consider. I mean, right now with the amount of acres that they're currently operating, do they need additional labor if they take on this additional land? Right. No, it's really something to think hard about before you do this. And we run into both scenarios that uh, in some cases, yes, it's possible, some cases, no, but it's really going to depend on, you know, kind of what that equipment line is, what other, you know, those factors, what uh, time do you already have committed? And there's going to be some road time in this scenario too. So that's a good starting point before we get into pushing too many different numbers. Yeah. And you talked about distance, the road time in there. Can you tell me a little bit more what they should think about? I think that gets into what you're saying with the labor. And so it's not just we got enough corn planter to cover 300 more acres. It's okay. Now we got travel distance and those little things that add time in there that sometimes we forget about. So, but I just think that's a good starting point. Start with some of the basics like that. And that also gets you prepped to start working on a crop enterprise budget, which was one of the next steps that we start talking about here is, okay, then let's put pencil to paper, figure out what a break-even price would be uh, at that rental rate. The question said, you know, they thought that they might be able to get more from other farmers. We hear that a lot, but again, you need to think about your specific situation just because you think you're getting a few dollars less than what other farmers might have to pay make sure you can pay for it for yourself. And the way to do that is let's do an enterprise budget. Let's put 150 in there as a land rental rate. See how that comes out. Is that really a feasible rental rate or not? Put in your best estimate of what you think crop prices are going to be. We know it's been quite volatile the last couple of years. So put in a few different prices, put in a high price and a low price just to see how that turns out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if the brother-in-law is comfortable with the rate he offered, it's not saying that in a good year where the farmer and his son are profitable, they, they're not able to provide a, a bonus 
for example, or a reward to the brother-in-law above the suggested rental rate. I think that's a great idea. Keep that in the back of your head. Yeah, it's one way if you think both parties are happy with what that rental rate is. We think it's middle of the road, not going one extreme or the other. That's a good thing to do when you have a good year. And then when you have a down year, you're not under quite as much pressure that we paid a higher rental rate than maybe what we can carry. Likewise, there might be some non-monetary considerations there too. And I know the distance in this case may not work for that, but there's other families we worked with where, especially you mentioned it's an older relative, can you help them plow snow in the winter? Is there some brush fence lines that need to be maintained, cleaned out, those kinds of things to make this a beneficial relationship? Yeah, you talk about relationship. I mean, in any landlord-tenant relationship, regardless if it's family, they really need to have trust within each other. And to do that, they talk about how the brother-in-law feels comfortable that they're going to maintain this land, but putting it in writing, making sure that they have their payments on time also leads to that benefit and stronger relationship too. Exactly. And, you know, I think agreeing and having some of the same thoughts on how to manage waterways and those things is really good. But again, having it in writing, they might be thinking conservation means one thing, you're thinking it means a different thing. So let's just make sure we're on the same page before we start this agreement. I think that's a really good discussion point and place for you to start once you start getting to the point of, okay, yes, we think we're going to do this. Let's make sure we're on the same page with those things. Right. And you talk about conservation. Those are certain things that can certainly be included in the lease that the brother-in-law might be concerned about, till or no till, maybe use of cover crops, if that's something that they're looking at, maintaining soil fertility, and some other practices that might benefit him as the landlord, as well as the farmer and son as the tenant. Correct. So yeah, and it cuts both ways. And so the whoever's operating needs the freedom to do a crop rotation, manage a crop as they see fit, or it's not too restrictive. But I think the things you mentioned, Katie, are perfectly acceptable to make this a win-win situation. So the challenge here is we can't put X dollars as a value of doing that, but we know it's important and we know there's a value on that. And we also know that these types of things can lead to the disputes just as much, if not more, than having a dispute over what the X dollar amount rent should be. I think that's what catches the headline is, you know, we're paying so many dollars per acre, but these other factors can lead to as much good and bad as having the disagreement over what the rental rate should be as well. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Appreciate it, Katie. Join Ryan and I on the next podcast episode as we finish our discussion on what this farmer and his son should consider about lease agreements when renting land from family members. Just a reminder, Ryan and I are educators, not attorneys. The information in this podcast was intended to provide general information about legal issues and agricultural leasing and should not be construed as providing legal advice. It should not be cited or relied upon as legal authority. For advice about how the issues discussed here might apply to your individual situation, you should consult an attorney. For more Extension AgriVision podcasts or resources to improve your farm management skills, check out farms.extension.wisc.edu. Thanks for listening.